Welcome back to the Unapologetic Me podcast. I'm your host, Kirby, and I'm so grateful that you are here with me today. I am currently in Austin still. I'm going to be going back to Mexico beginning of April, and the reason why I have to hold off is because of my car. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm not somebody who really boasts about any of the things that I have, but I have a black Range Rover, and because I'm going to be driving into Mexico, I felt that it was probably not the best idea to drive a black Range Rover into Mexico as a young white woman. Mexico is different than the United States and there is the cartel and there's other things and you just have, you don't want to draw any more attention to you than you already potentially have. And so driving a Range Rover is just not the best idea. So I figured that it would be better to sell my car and buy another car. The other thing is, is that you might have some type of thought in your mind of, oh, you know, like who this type of person is for having this type of car. This car is actually one of my first manifestations I ever had. And it actually wasn't as expensive as you may think that it was. I am self-made. And also I didn't come from money and I don't have a wealthy father or somebody who just bought me things like everything that I have I have purchased for myself everything that I do everything that is who I am it's because of me it's not because of anyone else and if you feel kind of triggered or if you see somebody and they're in a nice car or something like that and you immediately press press judgment to them, then that's actually has nothing to do with them. They're actually triggering you because maybe you want to have something like that and that person is bringing out that trigger in you and that shows where there's some healing that needs to be done within you. It doesn't really have anything to do with the other person. Either way, regardless, the only reason why I'm even bringing up my car is because it's a big reason of why I'm not already in Mexico because... I don't think that it's a wise idea. You have to be really smart. This is the thing about traveling. You have to really be smart about things and do what feels right. So that's the reason why I'm not in Mexico, to be honest. When the storm hit here in Austin, if I didn't have this car, I would have just packed up and already have left and gone to Mexico because there's not really any reason for me to be in Austin right now. It's been fine. It's been nice. Um, but I just want to go back to this amazing town in Mexico. And so right now I have it planned where I will be there through July and then we'll go from there. I'm thinking of going to Puerto Rico and then potentially over into Europe, but I don't want to travel Europe wearing a face mask. So we shall see. I'm kind of going with the flow. The best part is, is this amazing little town in Mexico. It's just so beautiful and divine and full of nature and culture and great people. And being there just feels like home. And it was funny because yesterday I was in Sephora and I was just looking to get a non-toxic concealer. By the way, I'm going to be doing a products episode where I can talk to you all about my favorite products. And I have many people ask me all the time because I use very non-toxic things and I'm hyper aware of like endocrine disruptors and all this stuff with my health and I just like to use healthy products and that's where I invest my products in. So anyways, I was looking for this natural concealer and this woman was helping me and then I was telling her that I was going to Mexico and I think she's actually from Mexico, Mexico City, I I believe. And she's like, I love Mexico. I want to go back, blah, 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 blah. Like I'm so jealous of you. And she was like, you're so lucky that you 
own your own business and you're able to do that. And I was like, yeah, this is the type of life that I wanted to have and wanted to build for myself. So I made my life this way. I wanted to be able to travel and live other places and go with the flow of life. And so that is why I have created my life to be this way. But my life has not always been this way. I lived a very stressful life for many, 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 many years. So just I want to remind you that it's possible for anybody to live the exact type of life that they want to live, but it's up to each of us to make it happen. This didn't just fall into my lap. I made this happen. The reason why my life is the way that it is is because I made it happen. So you can make it happen too. And I didn't come from a wealthy family that just handed me money and everything was easy. Like, no, I had to figure it out. I made it happen myself. And every single person can make whatever life that they want happen. But yeah, it just was nice to chat with a, another person who saw and understood all of the, like the really amazing, beautiful parts of Mexico because something that I've realized is that there's just so much fear-mongering around Mexico and it's what the United States has done, created this really fearful thing of this amazing country that's just absolutely beautiful and I wish that you all could see it and experience it the way that I have because even in the place that I was at, there's just so many expats and people from other countries and Canada and the States and Europe and all over a lot of other uh, South American countries there because they realize and see like how beautiful it is to live there and the quality of life. And that is the same reason why I want to be there because it just feels like heaven. And I feel I, that's the only place I've ever been to where I felt like, why would I want to leave here? Why would I want to go anywhere else? This is literally living here, being here is so freaking amazing. And I just, oh, I love it. It's just so phenomenal. So that's what's been happening in my personal life. There's actually a lot of other shifts that have been happening. I've started dating and that's been really interesting. And I have a lot of fear around opening up and allowing somebody to accept me. So it's been a very interesting thing in that realm. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I've been single for almost seven years, six and a half. And it's just, you know, I, oh, dating is quite something. So that's also happening. And a lot of other shifts have happened in my life where I've had to let go of a lot of things and relinquish control. So I'm going with the flow as all of you are it is a journey. Life is quite the journey and it's just here we are. So what I want to talk about on today's episode is my experience with anxiety and depression. And I feel like I've kind of avoided having this podcast episode because I'm going to be really open about my journey with this. I am not a medical professional. I'm not a doctor, but this is my experience with anxiety and depression. And so that's all that I can speak from. It is something that I feel like I have quite a bit of knowledge on, but I just really want to share my experience if it can help any one person. Nobody had ever spoken to me about anxiety and depression in my whole life. And I also experienced a lot of shame from a lot of people as a result of having anxiety and depression. And it's something that has affected me pretty deeply. So I never knew what anxiety and depression were. It was something that was never spoken about in my family. I didn't know the symptoms. The other thing, and I've been pretty open about this, is my family didn't really speak about emotions or anything that was hard or anything that we were feeling anyways. So even if I felt like 
I did know what was happening to me. I don't think that I would have had a safe space to go and speak about it with anybody with anyways, so it doesn't really matter. But basically, I moved to New York City by myself when I was 20. You can go back and listen to those earlier podcast episodes if that's something that you're interested in. I would say I had lived there for about a year. Think about most people at 20 years old. You know, they're in like a college town, you know, or they're still living at home or, you know, they're not really taking on the the difficulties of the world. But that wasn't the case for me. Immediately, I was thrust into living a real life because I moved to New York City by myself and I don't come from a wealthy family. Nobody was there to pave the way for me. There wasn't like somebody who was taking care of my apartment, you know, paying for, and if you don't know, it's extremely expensive to live in New York City. Nobody was funneling me money or or making things easy. I immediately jumped into living a extremely stressful life, dealing with bills and managing money and to make sure that I was okay. And It was 2008 when I moved there and that's when the stock market crashed and everyone was losing their jobs. And so I immediately jumped into an extremely stressful life. I was working an unpaid internship three days a week and then I got like a part-time job and I was just trying to like figure out how to live in this extremely expensive place and like make my dreams happen and all this stuff. And within six months, it's like I... I was always nervous about money. The place that I moved to was $800 a month for my rent, just my rent, not like any of my other bills. And I had other bills and things like, so I think my bills total were like $1,500 for the month, not including food. That's a lot of money, you know, especially for somebody who's 20 years old. And so always was so stressed out about money. I was always so nervous about not having enough money. I didn't have somebody to turn to to give me money. I always was so stressed out about money. And it was probably like right after I was 21. I remember, I remember it so specifically. I started getting this just never ending nervous feeling in the pit of my stomach. And it would not go away. It, I remember it was one night I had was staying in Brooklyn actually before I moved into my apartment in New York City. I was staying with a friend in Brooklyn and I just was so nervous, that nervous feeling in the pit of your stomach, like nervous that something is going to happen. But there was nothing for me to be nervous about. And I remember saying to myself, it's okay, I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and this feeling's going to be gone. Guess what? That feeling didn't go away for about 13 years. <laughs> and that's anxiety. That's anxiety. It's that nervous feeling in the pit of your stomach for no reason. Your body feels so uncomfortable. For me specifically, I do think that there are different ways maybe people can experience anxiety, but most people that I've spoke to, it's literally in the pit of your stomach and it's just so nervous and uncomfortable within the pit of your stomach. I just remember my body, I always felt so uncomfortable in my body. Like from that moment on, my anxiety was something I always thought about because I felt so uncomfortable in my body and nothing that I ever did got rid of it. But I still didn't know at 21 that it was anxiety. I had no idea that that's what it was. I actually dealt with this feeling for 
four or five years until I was about 25 years old when I actually went to a psychiatrist. And that's when I was clinically diagnosed. So the other thing is, is that during this time, yes, I was always just so nervous and freaked out about money and things happening, but I also was continuing to deal with a lot of stressful things within my life. And there was so much trauma and stress around Tom, which is my father, and his behavior in my family. And I was constantly navigating these really, really stressful situations with just so much nonsense within my family. And it weighed on me and it affected me. And I would go through these like ebbs and flows where I would feel really, really sad. And I wouldn't want to get out of my bed. It's like, it's so hard And I think that that's why you should never judge a book by its cover because during this time frame, it's like it looked like so many great things were happening in my life and they were, they were, but on the flip side of that, I was having an internal struggle and there was many times where it's like, I just was so, I would just feel so sad for no reason and I just wouldn't want to get out of bed and I would spend like a day or two laying in bed. And then I would be like, okay, like I've got so much to do. I'm just, I need to get it together. And also during this time frame, I was burning the candle at both ends where I was not sleeping. I was not eating good food. I was consuming a ton of caffeine to like help make myself function. I consumed so much coffee. I used to drink so much Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper. Like, oh my gosh, Diet Dr. Pepper. I also grew up in a family where we didn't drink pop. So like then I was an adult and I like loved drinking pop because it was like such, so special. Like I literally used to love the taste of pop. So it's like my body wasn't receiving the nourishment and the things that it needed. I was pretty active and I was walking all over the city and stuff like that, but my body wasn't receiving the food and the nourishment that it needed. And I was emotionally hanging on by a thread as a result of this constant amount of stress within my family that was just always dictating. And Tom continued to have this huge manipulation within my family and all of my siblings. And as I have spoke before, and especially in my Um, most recent episode at the beginning of January talking about how I just always absorbed my family's issues, especially in regards to Tom. Like they all would come to me and emotionally dump their problems with Tom on me. And I thought I was doing the right thing by just like listening and taking it on. And I felt like their problems became my problems and everybody, I took on everybody else's problems. And this was also weighing me down where I just was like always carrying this sadness of this pain of my entire family. I went on for five years kind of with this cycle. In As well within then, I was also dating somebody who was a really, really toxic boyfriend and I dated him for a long time and he had a lot of control and manipulation over me and really, really messed with me. And in my early dating years, but from 18 to 21, I dated this other guy who was extremely awful and those guys really messed with me as well as top of, on top of being super emotional, having all these other issues. It's like I, I, I was just constantly being pulled in a lot of different directions and emotionally I wasn't okay. I, I and I had no idea how unokay I was. The reason why I ended up going to a psychiatrist is when I was 25 when Hurricane Sandy hit and I think I spoke about this recently, but Hurricane Sandy hit New York City and so 
This is why many people can be okay in their lives and then something can happen in their life that rocks their homeostasis. And this is basically the thing that pushes them over the edge. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. And basically that's exactly what happened to me. What explain, what the doctor explained to me and what I actually really realized is that basically for my entire life leading up to I was 25, it's like I had been living in fight or flight in this tornado, this huge tornado of events, of things that were constantly happening around me. Like there was never any calmness in my life up until I was 25. There was every month, every week, there was some bomb that was always going off in my life. And I remember thinking this, even when I was in my early twenties, like, why is shit always happening to me? Like, I did not understand it. There was so many things that was always, always going on, like hard, difficult things that I was having to navigate on a constant basis. It wasn't like, oh, this happened this one year. It was like, oh, this happened this week and this happened this week and this happened this week. Like it was never fucking ending. And so I was living in this tornado of things that were this tornado of bombs that were just always going off in my life. And so the one thing that I had that kept me and made me feel like I was safe and okay, because this is another thing that I've learned throughout all of my inner work healing is that safety and protection is something that I have never really experienced in my life. And it's something that my soul has craved and needed. Every single person needs to feel that safety and protection. Your root chakra is based around safety and protection. And mine was completely rocked. And so the one thing that I had in New York City, it's like the bombs were going off in my family. The bombs were going off in the relationship that I was in. Like so many things in my life, there was just so many things going wrong. And the one thing I had was this safe place, like a safe home to stay in. So when Hurricane Sandy hit and took away my safe home because my building flooded and we didn't have power for weeks and then we didn't have access to running water and electricity and all these things, my safe home got taken from me and that rocked my nervous system. That thrust me over the edge. That plunged me into the river and I was drowning then. And so what happened after that, which was, that was October, November and December were extremely awful and I was hanging on by a thread. I remember my ex at the time, I brought him back to Chicago to celebrate the holidays with my family. That was awful. It was one of the worst decisions I've ever made. And it showed me how I can't be in a relationship with this person because he's awful and just disrespectful and disgusting. And like, I couldn't believe that I was still with him at that point in general. And then we broke up and then I think we broke up like that January or February or whatever. And then it's just so funny because the second we broke up after I had dated him for like four or five years, he moved into a house with another woman, got her pregnant, all these like, and and that like totally, because I was, even though we broke up, I was so in love with this person. So that like was worse, like even after all of this. So I had already decided, you know, like when we had broken up prior to all of that nonsense coming forward, you know, with all that, which was just absolutely awful. But I went to, I was going to school at FIT and I had like a year and a half left of school or something like that. And so I went to the school psychiatrist because I literally was not okay. Was super, super distraught. 
this this had nothing really to do with my breakup. I mean, I was obviously upset about my breakup, but like it's like you know your body and this is what you know, like you're not okay and I was not okay and I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know that there was that I had been already suffering from anxiety and depression for 5 years and I had no idea that like the symptoms and the things that I was feeling that was those things and I was spiraling at that point where I was like I lost motivation for everything. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was just so tired all the time. I could just sleep and sleep and sleep. And no matter what I did, not none of the amount of sleep that I got actually made me feel better. And I just realized like I couldn't function as it normal person. I didn't know what was going on. So at this time, I was going to school at FIT. And the anxiety started becoming so bad that I started having panic attacks. And I might get emotional when I talk about this because when I think back to this time, like I was so wounded. My poor soul, like she was struggling so hard. Up until that point, you know, I had lived in New York City, which is an extremely overwhelming city. Let's be honest. And I'm hyper, hypersensitive. I'm an empath. I'm a highly sensitive person. Like all of those things I didn't know at that time. And I'm living in this overstimulated city that is just super intense. And I'm living in an extremely stressful life. And I'm going to college. And when I went to fashion design school, I took nine classes a semester. Nine! Nine! And I interned and I freelanced and I worked. Like you have to imagine just the amount of pressure that I had on me at all times. All of that school stuff, work stuff, intern stuff, freelance stuff, my ex-boyfriend nonsense stuff, my family stuff, like everything. I was just literally hanging on by a thread. And so when everything went south and Hurricane Sandy knocked my feet off from under me and then this breakup happened, I, my, the anxiety was so bad. It's like I, I couldn't even consume food because you're, it's in your gut and your gut is actually your second brain. I know this now, but I didn't know that at the time. And I would feel like I couldn't even eat food. Like I, anytime I consumed anything, it would enhance my anxiety. It made me not want to eat or drink anything. And I took the bus to go to school because I lived on 20, 20th Street all the way on the East River. And I went to school on 27th and 7th, which is Fashion Avenue. And so I would take the bus across town and then I would walk up seven blocks or whatever. I knew this... I knew that it was so bad because I would be on the bus and I would just be sitting there like a normal person sitting on the bus. And like the smallest things would start getting me so worked up. If there was a person and they were like tapping their foot, it would start like building up this anxiety with me within me or or maybe there was too many people or somebody was talking so loud and it would just feel like it was like vibrating in my head and then there was times where it was like the bus would pull up and we'd be stopped you know and people would be getting on and then the bus wouldn't pull away right away and like for some reason it's like I, I, the anxiety would just be building within in me and I would start having these anxiety attacks. It's like for the most basic things because the bus waited 10 extra seconds to pull away. That was too intense for me. That was too much for me. Or someone's talking too loud on the bus and it was like I was in hyper stimulation and everything was just building up within me and I would have these panic attacks and I would have to get off the bus or I would have to jump out or 
whatever it was. And the same thing, like I would be in class, I would be in art class because I was in design school. I would be in these sketching classes and we'd all be sitting there and there's only 25 people in my classes. FIT is very, um, prestigious in that way if you want to know how intense and hard it is to get into FIT which it's the number one fashion design school in the country there's like two to five thousand people who apply every single semester and they accept 250 people per semester like it's very hard to go into design school and I'm extremely proud of myself for making that happen because I actually did get denied from FIT twice before I finally got accepted the third time but it is it's difficult to get there there's only 25 people in each class that you take and the funny thing is is it wouldn't always be where something would be happening there would be a noise or somebody would be doing something and that would get it worked up with me sometimes even just silence would be too much for me it would be too hard and it would cause my heart to start beating so fast like I have these memories of being in these design classes and my heart would just start beating so fast and all of a sudden my hands would start sweating and I would get all clammy and the room would just start feeling super overwhelmed even though there was only 25 people in there and I would have to get up and I would I would run to the bathroom and I would go and sit in the bathroom stall and I felt like I was going crazy but I was literally having a panic attack it's like the most basic things this is the thing that I don't think people realize about people who are suffering from anxiety and depression like to you to you it's not a big deal it's no big deal to you but to somebody who's dealing with anxiety and depression the smallest things are the biggest deal I'm not joking when I say that like the smallest things are such a big deal to somebody who's dealing with anxiety and depression and and that's why it's so hard when there's this lack of compassion in our society for people who are dealing with this. And so many people are dealing with this where it's like people's response is just like, get over it. Just get over it. Or just do this. Just like, no, like you don't understand. It's debilitating. It's debilitating. And like in those moments, I remember feeling like, I don't have control over my body. I don't know what is going on in my body, and I don't have control over this. And no matter what I did, I could not get rid of it. If I slept more, I couldn't get rid of it. If I ate super healthy, I couldn't get rid of it. Like, nothing I did could help me get rid of it. And when these panic attacks started happening, like, they started happening every day. I was like a ticking time bomb. And I was literally hanging on by such a... A thread. So I went to the psychiatrist and I was sitting there in her office and I was like crying and all of these things. And I'll never forget it. She was like, Kirby, you are severely clinically depressed. And I will never forget this moment. And I looked at her and I was like, no, 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 I can't be depressed. Like, it's not possible. It's not possible that I can be depressed because this is my dream. Like, this is what I've always wanted. Like, I've always wanted to live in New York City and and to, to be a fashion designer and to do all this stuff. Like, there's no way. I can't, I cannot be depressed. And she was like, no, Kirby, like, you are, you are depressed. Like, she had to tell me, like, five times because I, like, refused to accept it, that diagnosis from her. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm fucking depressed. Like, I cannot believe this. And then... I explained my feelings around what I had felt with anxiety and then she put a word to that too and I was like, oh my God, that's what anxiety is? Like, I didn't know 
that that's what those things were. No one ever told me that that's what those things were. We decided that I was going to come for weekly therapy, which I absolutely hated. I was going to come for weekly therapy and they were going to put me on some medication to help me with the anxiety and depression, which that was one of the worst decisions of my life. This is a personal choice for each person. If you are on anxiety and depression medication and it works well for you, then that is absolutely amazing. I am not against people taking medication if they need to take medication. I think we all know our own bodies. At that time, I didn't know that there was more options. I just thought that this was the only option. For me specifically, the reason why I had such awful response to taking prescription medication is because my body is so sensitive. My body is so sensitive. I've never taken any type of medication my whole life with the exception of birth control. I had never taken anything for my body. I never even barely ever took Tylenol. I I never ever really ingested any type of pharmaceutical. And my body is so sensitive. And even now to this day, my body is so sensitive. Like I can't even have caffeine past 2 p.m. or I will be up all night until 3 a.m. And my body's just extremely, extremely, extremely sensitive. I even natural things like cacao and things like that, chocolate, I'm so sensitive to all of that stuff. So if I'm sensitive to all of these supernatural things, you have to imagine when they give me a a cocktail full of pharmaceuticals, how sensitive my body's going to be to it. I started taking prescription medication and I will say that it initially, it did help a little bit with the anxiety. It did not help with the depression at all. It actually, I feel like it made my depression worse. But the thing is about it is that I had all of the side effects and that was the hardest part about it because I went from managing anxiety and depression to then managing 10 to 20 other symptoms as a result of the medication. Some of the side effects that I had was nausea, dry mouth, weight gain, excessive sweating. Oh my God, the sweating. And it took me years to actually figure out that the sweating was coming from the medication. And I actually started feeling no emotions. With this medication, you know, they they tried to make me feel better about taking it because they were like, listen, so many people are taking this. For me personally, I'm not really somebody who's like, oh, everyone's jumping off a bridge, so I'm going to jump off a bridge. Like, it didn't make me feel better hearing like everyone was taking antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication. Like that did not make me feel better. I felt like I, up until that point, I only knew about Western medicine. I had no idea that there was other ways that you can navigate and, and heal from things like this. I only knew about Western medicine. So I thought, this is the thing about our society, is that you think that doctors have your best interest at heart, which is not always the case. I'm sure there might be some, but most times that's not the case. The symptoms were getting worse. Um, The side effects from the medications. My anxiety wasn't going away. My depression wasn't going away. And so all the doctor kept doing was upping my doses. Like it started at like 25 milligrams, then it was 50, then it was 100, then it was 200, then it was 300. And he kept saying to me like, oh, well, there's some people and they're on 500. And I was like, 
okay, you know, and it's like every time we up the doses, my body responded worse and worse and worse and worse. And I was struggling more and more and more and more. And then I was getting more side effects. And then I, I had insomnia. One of the worst side effects was getting insomnia from these medications. So then I was taking medication to help me with the insomnia. And then I I was dealing, you know, with these other things. The One of the other worst side effects I had, and I, I don't know if many people talk about this, and if this is not something that you can handle or if you're triggered by it, then, you know, maybe you don't want to continue listening to this episode, but I had really bad suicidal thoughts. And I had never had suicidal thoughts leading up to that. When I was dealing with depression and everything before then, like I never had thoughts that I wanted to take my life. But when I started taking this medication and when they started increasing and upping the doses of my medication, I had really bad suicidal thoughts. And that was like one of the scariest parts of it because I knew that it wasn't me. And it's like, I would just say, I would be standing there, you know, looking out the window in the morning and the sun would be out and I would just be standing there drinking my coffee and just feeling totally fine. And then a like bizarre thought would jump in my head and just be like, you should jump out the window. And it's like, it would happen so quick and hot like that, where it's like, I would be totally fine. And then this, like this demonic thought would like pop into my head. And then it, it would be like that with, like that, or if I'd be standing in front of the train, it would be like, you should jump in front of the train. Like it just, and it, I knew it wasn't me. And, and that's like when those started getting really bad, where it was like daily, I was like this, like, this is messed up. Like, this is not okay. This is not normal. This is, I'm not okay with this. And again, all of the other symptoms and things, um, continued on. And I, I was just, numbing so much and I felt numb I felt like I couldn't feel any of my emotions like I just felt like a zombie and I just the the sweating oh my god the excessive sweating I was just soaking wet sweating all the time no matter what I did I was just sweating profusely and constant cotton mouth and so puffy and inflamed my whole body became I I stopped being able to recognize myself because I was so puffy and inflamed I mean granted at this time I also had mold poisoning and Lyme disease without knowing it but um like my body was clearly trying to show me that something was wrong and taking these medications was not helping it talk therapy was just that to me we talked about on a conscious level about you know, things that I had felt. We spoke about, you know, Tom and my childhood and things and my breakups and all that stuff. But I never got to the root healing of it. We just spoke about it. And every single week I would be like peeling a scab off, opening up this wound and I would be crying. I hated going to therapy because I would be fucking crying and just so like distraught during these therapy sessions. And then I would just leave this session and I felt like I spent the rest of the week trying to manage this talking, but I never got to the root. Like the healing that I've done now through the shift, subconscious, deep, inner, true roots of where these things were stemming from, that it's like it blows my mind because I healed 10 times faster in such a short amount of time by actually accessing my energetic levels in my body and the root issues in my subconscious, which I never even tapped into 
in three years of talk therapy. And it's just, it actually blows my mind because it's like at that time, you know, I do think that there is a place where talk therapy can help, but if you are not simultaneous going within the subconscious to see where these things are stemming from and doing active tools to help your body releasing out these emotions and the memories and the things with like breath work and all those tools and stuff, I just don't think that you're going to get where you want to go. And this is why I have so many clients who come up to me and they're like, I've been doing inner work for years. I've gone to therapy. I've gone and done all these things. Like, why am I still feeling the same? And and the fact of the matter is, is that if you are not tapping into the subconscious in your shadow, where those roots are, you're not going to fully move forward in your life the way you want to. You're not going to shift those patterns and behaviors and beliefs and all those things that you're carrying. If you are not tapping in and accessing them there, you're just not because I did it. I know what it's like because I did it. And after three years of therapy, I felt the same as when I went into therapy. And what ended up happening is that I was on prescription medication for three years. The doctor just kept upping my doses. My symptoms were there. I had more symptoms. I had more side effects. I still had the anxiety. I still had the depression. And all of this was simultaneously happening while I was working at Ralph Lauren. And I really realized like it doesn't really matter what I get to in my life because I'm not okay internally. Like I wasn't, I thought that when I got the job at Ralph Lauren and it didn't have to be Ralph Lauren, that wasn't my ultimate dream job. It just was being a designer at one of these large corporations because I thought that my worth was validated in what type of job I had, which it's not. And so no, even when I got there, I still couldn't feel happiness. And that's because I didn't even know how to feel happiness because I had so much trapped sadness and anger and fear and frustration and all those lower vibrational energies stuck within me that it didn't matter what presented to me in the external I still was going to feel miserable inside because I was miserable inside and so this is why I tell people and everyone thinks that money is the answer or or the perfect partner is is the answer what it looks like externally or the job is the answer no it's not Because you can get all those things, but if you are not okay internally, none of that shit matters. None of that matters. You can go out and buy something and buy whatever you want. And people make these jokes about like, oh, well, when you're on vacation, um, a vacation, I've never seen anyone on vacation who wasn't unhappy. Yeah, people are. Because people fake it to go out on the beach and do these things when they still sit down and they feel miserable inside and then they continue numbing with alcohol or whatever it is. Or or there's one saying, it's like, oh, you've never seen anyone on a jet ski who wasn't smiling. Just because you're smiling doesn't mean you're happy. I have so many photos over the course of my 20s where I know exactly how I felt in those photos and I'm smiling in them and that's not happiness. And our society, we fake it. We fake it because... Mental health is not something that is widely accepted and people make you feel really bad and we think that when we're putting on a happy face or putting a smile on our face that that is the answer and and the way that it appears to everyone else and this is the problem with social media. You know, you see the highlight reel and people don't know what's really going on in there and people are miserable and they're hurting and they're struggling and they'll post these really happy photos of themselves while they're laying depressed in their bed because guess what? I did it before. I know how that feels. And as long as, oh, we look from the outside, like everything's good, everything's put together, everything's great. 
And you know, over this time, especially when I was on prescription medication, this goes to show, this proves the point of how there was no emotional stability in the family I grew up in and that there was a consistent amount of emotional neglect because I would say to my mom, like I tried to open up about it. And I said to my mom one time, mom, I'm just, I'm really struggling with anxiety. I'm not okay. And my mom's response to me was, Kirby, everyone's stressed out. You need to get over it. That That is the epitome of our society. In that moment, it's like my, my emotions and my feelings have always been devalidated in my life where I wasn't ever in a safe space to speak about them. And my mom's response was the exact way that I grew up where I knew that something was not okay, but I didn't have a safe space to talk about it. And so I stopped bringing it up to my mom. I couldn't talk to my mom about it because when somebody's not in a safe space for you to speak about it, you're not going to speak about it with them. And then they usually ultimately get angry at you at some point in time where they're like, I didn't know. And it's like, no, you did know, but you didn't want to hear me. You didn't want to see me. And many times it's not really a wanting. They actually don't know how. My mom doesn't know how to see me, to hear me. She has no idea because she wasn't. She wasn't seen. She wasn't heard. She wasn't validated. So she doesn't know how to do it for me. And she thinks that that type of response, like, oh, everyone's stressed out, just making me feel like everyone else is the same, that I'm the same as everyone else. I know I'm not the same as everyone else. But to her, that is the only way that she knows how to respond. So that's why it's so important to recognize that people can only meet you at the conscious level that they are at. And this is going to stem into something so much bigger than all of this, but my mom has no other day, other way to respond emotionally to me because that is all that she knows. And that was taught to her and that was what was ingrained in her. And that is what she ingrained in me and all my siblings. And guess what? All of my siblings behave that way as well because they don't know any better. This is why I'm not angry at any of them because they don't know any better. But when I started doing my own inner work and recognizing that none of these are safe ways to be, safe ways to heal, the safe way is to be able to speak about your emotions, be able to be open, be able to implement boundaries, be able to be seen for who you are. But they don't even know that that's an option because all we know is based off of what we learned from our mom. Now I'm on a different conscious level where I'm able to see the difference here. And we, what we don't know, we don't know. But then once you know, you know. And that's why it's so easy to see it. It doesn't really matter if I say any of this verbally to my family because it's like I'll be speaking another language to them. They just will not be able to hear me because at that, they're not at that conscious level. They don't think that there's anything wrong with the family behavior because that's all that they know. And now that I know more and I know better, I can see above it, but I also cannot allow myself to continue to be manipulated with that type of behavior. So that is why the boundary with my family at this point is so important because I'm at a different conscious level than them. But that doesn't mean that I'm better than them. I just have a more deeper awareness of successful relationships and emotional behavior and all of those things as a human being and I can only meet them at the level that they're at and they're just not going to be able to hear me and I have to accept that and it's not their fault and this is why we can try and point blame well my mom did this or I experienced this growing up it's not their fault they literally don't know better everybody only knows what they know 
And most people don't learn more than that. They don't realize that there is a different way than that. But we can't control that. We cannot worry about what anyone else is doing. We can only worry about ourselves and what we can do for ourselves. And that's what's the most important thing. It got really bad my last six months that I was on prescription medication. I was taking like 400 milligrams. And let me tell you also, I shifted through multiple different types of, I took all the types of anxiety medication, Zoloft and Paxil and all these. I took all of them. They tried me on every single one to see if one would respond better to my body than the other. I had as needed anxiety stuff with Klonopin and with Xanax. Like I had everything because you might be thinking in your head like, oh, well, she might not have tried this one. No, you don't understand. I tried all of them over the course of three years and my body had the same type of reactions to all of them. I just did not respond well and they did not make a difference for my body. And I also was chronically ill on top of all of that without realizing it as well as super emotionally abused. What happened the last six months, and this I is something that I kind of feel like happens with a lot of people who are struggling with anxiety and depression, is you fall into something that assists you in the numbing process. And for me, I fell into drinking wine every single night because I was, I spent the entire day managing my symptoms and dealing with anxiety all day long. And the only thing that I looked forward to was 6 p.m. when I could go and climb into my bed and drink wine. And I would drink an entire bottle of wine every single night and I would make some type of food or I would go down and get some type of nonsense New York City food. So it was like junk food, which also wasn't making me feel better. And I would sit in my bed and I would drink an entire bottle of wine and I would eat crap food and I would watch Netflix on my iPad or some type of whatever, Hulu, whatever, all that stuff. And I did this for six months. The only thing that I looked forward to every single day was that bottle of wine because it numbed me and it didn't make me feel as awful as I felt. And it allowed me to go to sleep, although I wasn't getting genuine sleep because when you're getting sleep, when you're drinking crap wine, you're not getting good sleep, but it allowed me to go to sleep because I was still dealing with insomnia and all these other things. And it just literally, I was a zombie. I was a numb zombie and this went on for six months. And then I gained a ton of weight as well. I had already been gaining weight and I was super, super inflamed from already being really sick and I didn't understand it. I just like didn't care. And then I started doing this and I gained like another 20 pounds and I felt like a big blob and I felt awful about myself. And I spent every day, again, managing my anxiety all day long just for the end of the day where I could just lay in my bed and not think about anything. I don't recommend this, but this is exactly what I did because it's like, One day I woke up and I just cracked and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I stopped taking all my meds cold turkey. I'm not recommending this for anyone to do, but it's like I got to a point, it's like all of a sudden it hit me one day and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like my life is miserable and I didn't want to be that way anymore and I just couldn't take it. I think what really pushed me over was like the sweating... (laughs) I was so bad. I I can't even begin to explain it to all of you. I would be just soaking wet, sweating all the time. And it was so embarrassing. Like, and this is also at that point in time, 
I wore black a lot because that's kind of a thing that you do when you work in the fashion industry. And as I was living in New York, it was a big thing where I wore black often. But I literally would wear all black everything. And it also was at that point because if I was wearing black, then you couldn't see my sweat stains. You couldn't see the sweat stains all down my back and my armpits. Like I was a sweaty blob all the time. And I think the sweatiness is what really pushed me over the edge of where I was like, I cannot do this anymore. This is driving me nuts. And it went out, it was like that for three years. It was awful. I chucked all my meds and I was like, I'm not taking this shit anymore. Like I was so pissed off. I was like, fuck this. And I just like threw them all out. Again, I don't recommend this, but that was a really pivotal moment for me because then this was like December and then that January, my my sister Jillian, she challenged me and was like, go on this like 30 day diet with me or whatever. It was like this pretty, it was kind of this like bro style diet of like really specific. You eat like six times a day and like this is what you eat and blah, 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 blah. And at first I was like, no, I can't do that because I, because you weren't allowed to drink alcohol on it. And at that point I was drinking a bottle of wine every single night. And that was the only thing that was getting me by. And she was like, come on. She was like, 30 days is not that long. She's like, if you can't not drink for 30 days, then that's ridiculous. And I was like, fuck, she's right. She's totally right. So she really kind of pushed me. And in that 30 days, I think I lost 17 pounds. I didn't go on like some super like low caloric diet. I just started going to the gym because that was a part of this program. I started going to the gym five days a week and then I shifted the way that I was eating and I cut out all these calories that I was drinking every single night and my body just regulated. Like it was actually mind-blowing. That really pushed me and I, I started feeling better because that's the other thing about, you know, anxiety and depression. Um, you need to get those happy hormones going. All of your hormones are are made in your gut, which again is where this anxiety stems from. So I needed that serotonin and those happy hormones and then I was no longer pushing in the wine and those things like that. I'm not gonna say that this is what got rid of my anxiety and my depression because it didn't, but this really kind of jump-started me to be in a better headspace. So I continued where I was eating in a much different way and um, back into working out, but I still wasn't feeling super, super happy. I started taking some natural anxiety like herbs. This is kind of when I started learning about like holistic and Eastern medicine. And there was some things that I found. Um, one was called Sam E, GABA, and recognizing and realizing like vitamin B is like happy, happy vitamins, vitamin D, um, magnesium, my magnesium le- levels omega-3s, valerian, L-theanine, all of those things I recognized um, were really important. Also St. John's wort, passion flower, ashwagandha, lemon balm, all of those were natural things that provided anxiety relief. And so I started kind of dipping my toes in and trying out some of those. And those were actually really, really helping me. And I was eating a much cleaner diet where I was eating more whole foods and more vegetables and things like that. So my body was starting to feel a lot better. The anxiety was still there, but it's it became more manageable. And the all natural herbal supplements were actually helping a lot with that Um, At this point, I was still eating meat. I was still eating dairy. I still ate pretty much the standard American diet. I wasn't drinking as often. I kind of had scaled back to where I was drinking like maybe once, maybe twice a week. So that was a big deal coming from drinking, you know, a bottle of wine every single night. I just started becoming a bit more hyper aware. And so then I started paying attention to how my body responded. At this point, I still didn't know that there the gut was considered the second brain. Like I didn't know all of the details that I know now, but... I knew that 
my body was responding really well to sunlight, getting better sleep, no longer being on this cocktail of prescription medications, eating much better and being active. Those things were making a big difference for me. So then I started realizing where there was still some times where I was really emotionally affected and it's like the depression would like creep in and it would affect me and I would be like, man, like why is this hitting me? And it's because I had so much trauma and emotional distress that I was holding in my body. Whereas like if something would come and like shake me or rock my world, my depression would spike because I was still harboring those rejected and suppressed and unprocessed memories and emotions that I was holding within my own body. I mean, I know that now, but I didn't know that at the time. So when I was nearing the end of my time at Ralph Lauren, this was in my end of my 20s, going into my 30s, I moved back from New York City to Chicago one month before I turned 30 years old. So I lived there for 10 years. But at the end of my 20s, I I was just recognizing and realizing like what was making me happy in my life and ultimately being a fashion designer was not bringing me happiness. I I knew that the way that my job was there was not what I had wanted to be as a fashion designer. I didn't agree with so many of the protocols and all of those things. And it just didn't align with me. So I was recognizing what was bringing me happiness within my life and what wasn't bringing me happiness in my life, as well as I was connecting much deeper. I started becoming more educated on Eastern protocols and the body and the effects of food. And I started realizing that anytime I would consume dairy, I would have an anxiety attack. And I wasn't really somebody who would put cheese all over my things, but I did consume a lot of Greek yogurt. And I also would put like creamy um, dressings on my salads and stuff. And so it's the one time specifically, I remember I used to make these like yogurt bowls where I would have like Greek yogurt, fresh fruit, granola, like honey, chia seeds, all these things, which is like a quote unquote healthy thing to eat. But I recognized one Saturday, I woke up with some anxiety and then I made this Greek yogurt bowl and I was going to go to the gym after. And then I realized like after I consumed this Greek yogurt, my anxiety spiked through the roof where I started having a panic attack. And so I started recognizing and paying attention to how my body was responding to certain foods. And a big piece of it was dairy. And dairy, especially like when you're consuming something and it goes directly into your gut and that's where all of your hormones are created. And then that's where you feel the anxiety there in the gut. When you're, you don't want to consume something that you know is causing a reaction within your body. And ultimately, I was harboring so many pathogens, fungi, bacteria, all of that, parasites, all that stuff within my gut. So when I consumed something that those pathogens and things got a reaction out of, my body would then have a reaction. And so this is what caused me to cut dairy out of my diet, which ultimately made things so much better. Because again, I wasn't then putting this dairy which is highly inflammatory and has a ton of effects on the body. Like dairy is not good for our bodies at all, especially if you are harboring any type of pathogen, which 98% of people have within their guts because our guts are where so many things get stored and go through and they just, 
guts literally control everything in our body. And it's been proven that when you consume a lot of processed food, fried food, refined food, candies, pastries, high fat, dairy, all of that stuff, that you are known to be more anxious and depressed. Dairy really does have a huge effect on on the body in that way. And it just also depends on what's going on within your own gut and how many things have mutated and grown and all of this stuff. Um, and I had obviously been holding so much of this for, for the entirety of my 20s. I remember this, anytime I would consume anything, whether it was water or whether it was food, I would become bloated. So I believe that I had contracted some type of pathogens or parasites or anything sometime way earlier within my 20s or maybe in my late teens you become bloated when those pathogens are having a response to whatever you're consuming. So bloating, there's this thing where there's trying to normalize bloating in our culture. Bloating is not normal. Bloating is a result of something within you having an inflamed reaction. Bloating is inflammation. It's not normal to become bloated, but for some reason we think that like being hyper bloated and uncomfortable after eating food is what the norm is and it's not the norm. It's not normal for us to feel that way. We're just trying to make it normal because everybody has that issue within them. But no, it's not normal to feel that way. When I realized that and I learned that and I recognized that I had been bloated and uncomfortable basically my entire 20s, my gut was having such severe reactions and dairy was one of the things that really affected that because not only was it full of sugar, because of the sweetness of things within dairy, but milk is highly mucoid full and full of inflammatory markers. So it's like all of that was feeding all of these pathogens and things that I was harboring within myself, as well as what is in our dairy is so awful because of the hormones and the antibiotics and the things that they pump into these cows that then produce this dairy. You are then also consuming those inflammatory markers and those antibiotics and those things that that cow also had it's also within your meat and within whatever dairy product you're consuming so that also is affecting your body it's insane so when i cut out dairy and i was having these other all natural eastern protocols things were much better I then ultimately became more, started becoming more educated on the dairy industry and how toxic and abusive and all of those things and what dairy does to many of us within our bodies. And it made it much easier for me to continue to implement that and not want to consume it. Also, anyone who suffered from anxiety and depression, when you consume something and it gives you anxiety, you don't want to consume that thing anymore because nothing is worse than having debilitating anxiety. I started learning and recognizing all of that, cut out dairy, which I then started weaning off and cutting off meat. Most, most people cut off meat but and then they cut off dairy because dairy can become much harder. But because I was having such a reaction to dairy, it was much easier for me to cut off dairy. So then I started weaning off and cutting out meat um, because, again, I started learning about factory farming and the effects of what is in the factory farmed meats. And again, the antibiotics, the poisons, the chemicals, the, the food that the cow or the animal is consuming, which you are then also consuming because my body was not reacting. It was the same type of way as where I realized my body was reacting to that food as well. And once I kind of started eliminating these things out of my diet, I started realizing like, wow, I feel amazing. So I started eating much more whole food, plant-based. I didn't fully go plant-based in when I was 29. This really happened, I would say, when I was like 30, 31-ish. I would say when I was 30. But I cut out meat and I cut out dairy. I was still consuming eggs as well as fish. So I was dairy-free pescatarian. And that really worked for me at that point. But I also started recognizing and realizing, 
why it was so important to eat organic food because again there's 70 different chemicals that are sprayed on our fruits and vegetables and so when you are a hypersensitive person and you have these other issues and these gut issues and these pathogens within your own body you're also those chemicals are causing inflammation and a reaction within your own body so it's like once i stripped down to where i was really eating organic foods organic vegetables, you know, and really getting whole foods in, potatoes and beans and nuts and seeds and legumes and all of those things, my body was actually starting to respond really well because it was living off of real foods compared to the junk that I had been eating before, as well as the high pesticide and chemical lad food that I was consuming. I started becoming, recognizing why it was so important for my body to be eating these things. And my my gut wasn't having as much of a reaction. But when I moved back to Chicago and I was about 31 years old, and this was a little bit before I got my diagnosis with Lyme and mold, I realized that although I was consuming this super healthy diet, right, my body still needed to be detoxed because even though I wasn't consuming things that were putting more of those pathogens within my body, my body already had the issue within it because of the things that I had consumed in the past. So it ultimately takes you not only switching your diet to become and eating and consuming much healthier things that the body knows how to function off of, but also detoxing the body and gut cleansing and liver cleansing to release out these toxins and pathogens that you are holding within your gut. Because once you start clearing those out, then you're no longer holding them within you and your body can actually receive the nutrients and the minerals from the food that you're consuming because your gut's not holding these pathogens, which are having the reaction. What ultimately full on got rid of my anxiety and depression, which at that point, you know, after having cut off all of the meds and all of that stuff and it had been a couple years and I changed my diet and all that stuff, my anxiety was at an all-time low. It would creep up and I would manage it as it was. Um, And a big part of that was taking those like calm magnesium powders. That helped me a lot anytime I would be having a moment. But I ultimately realized like I want to understand and realize like where the root of this is coming from because I'm doing all these things, like I said, externally, but there's still an issue that I'm feeling. Three things I would say are what have really allowed me to shift this. And this wasn't an overnight thing, but I would say gut cleansing. So the process of me initially with healing Lyme and mold was taking these kill herbs. Again, I went this holistic Eastern protocol where I took these kill herbs to kill off bacteria, pathogens, things that I was holding within my body. And then I would take binders and I would remove the toxins from my body in a couple different ways, which was sauna. And then the second one, which was the one that actually made the biggest impact for my anxiety was coffee enemas. And I know that this is a very bizarre concept, but enemas date back to the Egyptian times. And in Eastern culture, it is so normal to be doing enemas regularly, a couple times a week and or a month to clear the gut of so many of those pathogens. You can kill off things, but if you're not sucking it out of the gut, those dead pathogens are still then sitting within your gut. So this is why pairing that with something like a coffee enema that can pull it out assists the body in releasing these toxins much faster. And the way that I really realized this is I started doing coffee enemas 
pretty regularly, I would say weekly, whenever I was in the first six months of my holistic healing protocol from Lyme and mold. And I realized that they, I would do, I would wake up and I would feel very anxious. And then I would do a coffee enema because I was doing them weekly, which was surrounding my ozone treatments. I would do a coffee enema and it would immediately get rid of my anxiety. And I realized like, wow, this is the only thing that like immediately takes away my anxiety. Like, why is that? So I started doing like a ton of research on it. And if you're interested in doing coffee enemas, I do have a guide how to do coffee enemas for beginners because I realized that all of this information was like not easy to find out there. So I actually created a guide. I spent like hundreds of hours researching this. So you can get that if that's something that you're interested in. I recognize that coffee enemas were the only thing that got rid of my anxiety. It's because there was so much die off that was happening in my gut as a result of the kill herbs that I was taking that when I did the coffee enema, it was literally pulling these toxins, these pathogens, these bacteria, fungi, parasites out of my gut directly. And when those toxins were fully being released out of my gut, I was no longer holding them. So my body wasn't carrying that anxious feeling, which was connected to all of the pathogens that I was holding within my body. Then I started doing coffee enemas pretty regularly, which I realized I didn't realize how fucked up my gut was. So I continued taking kill herbs and binders and doing the coffee enemas pretty regularly. I think I did them every day for about six to eight months or so. Simultaneous with that, I pulled back from all of my holistic healing detoxification protocols when I started doing the inner work. And I started doing the trauma healing and recognizing the emotional capacity. So that's the second piece to this where I began healing my gut, which really was stripping away the anxiety. And then in combination, healing the emotional roots, which were what all of the trapped emotions were still stuck from within my gut from so much of the trauma that I had held on to throughout my childhood, which I'm not going to get all that into. But the combination of really allowing myself to heal these emotional wounds and the trauma, which is exactly all the stuff that I have within my membership, and then the coffee enemas to pull the toxins out of the gut, this really removed my anxiety. This cleared my anxiety from my body. And the third thing of that, and I would say that the third thing kind of happened simultaneous after I had been doing a few rounds of doing the coffee enemas and and doing the mental and emotional trauma healing. The third thing is living your dharma. And so ultimately during that time when I was doing the coffee enemas and things, I was still navigating anxiety and depression. But when I would do a coffee enema, it would literally take away my anxiety, which made me want to continue to keep doing them because I couldn't believe I had forgotten what it felt like to not have anxiety. So when it took away my anxiety and I didn't have anxiety for the rest of the day, I realized, wow, like, okay, I'm going to keep doing these things because it's the only thing that's taking away my anxiety. I would have some depressive moments. There would be a couple days a month where I would feel kind of like the rug would be pulled out from underneath me and I would still be navigating that. But as I continued to do the emotional healing, I realized that it was getting less and less. I was becoming much easier. But the third piece of this was living my dharma. And your dharma is your purpose. So up until that point, I wasn't who I am now. You know, I wasn't 
spiritual guide and Akashic Record reader and a Reiki master and all these things where I was helping people, I was still living out of alignment. And so when you're living out of alignment, you are not living a purposeful life and life does feel miserable and uncomfortable and your soul is basically reacting to living a life out of alignment. And that's why it's so important for you to spend time getting back to know yourself and recognizing who you are and what you want to do to make a difference in this world being yourself. Because our purposes are around using who we are to make a difference in this world. There isn't one answer. There isn't one thing. There's multiple things that you can be doing to making a difference based off of who you are. And it's up to us to decide what we want to do in order to do that in this world. There isn't just one answer. And this is why nobody can tell you directly what your purpose is because it's up to us to figure it out and to do it and to take action in our own lives. The answer was just given to every single person. What would be the point of life? And I know people get angry about this because even when I was in this place at the beginning where I wasn't living in my dharma, I would become angry too. Like, why can't you just tell me what it is? But that's not the point of life. The point is for us to allow ourselves to evolve and grow and expand and blossom as the beautiful beings that we are and use that in a way to help the world, to change the world, to serve the world through being who we are. And I just got full body chills when I said that out loud. That's our purpose. And it's not somebody else's job to tell us like, this is the thing. This is the answer. Because there isn't just one answer. There's a multitude of answers for you. You have dozens of rivers in front of you. It's up to you to decide which river you want to take. It's up. They're all going to lead to the same path, but it's up to you to make that choice. You have to decide. It's based around who you are as a person. So in this time frame where I was doing all of this stuff, you know, I was doing the emotional inner work and all of those things really facing some of the deeper hardest parts I also again the same stuff that's in my membership it's the emotional releasing techniques which is very very important this isn't something that a lot of other people who do inner work talk about it is they need to be done simultaneous because you can be pulling these things out where you're recognizing this in your subconscious but if you are not simultaneous assisting your body and releasing them from your emotional and energetic body with things such as breath work or the shaking or the tapping, all that stuff where I guide you through it in my membership, you're only doing half the work. You need both to assist the body and start clearing this out of your aura field. And when you start clearing it out of your aura field, then you're not vibrating at that level. You're not gonna release all the fear, all of the anger, all the sadness, all the bitterness in one go. You've got probably hundreds of layers of those within you, but each time that you do allow yourself to release it and the more that you assist yourself in releasing it, you're not vibrating at that level and you're raising your vibration and you're allowing yourself to live in your truth, which is a life of peace, happiness, vitality. All of that is your truth. You just may have forgotten it. The combination of doing all of that stuff I spent so much time alone. I also spent time during that 
outside grounding where I would sit with my feet on the earth and it literally would feel like there would be electricity running up through my body. That is honestly how powerful grounding is. So I would be outside grounding and I would spend time alone and I would be journaling and I started asking myself questions and I started implementing a gratitude practice of expressing my great gratitude every single day for the things that I had. And then this is when I started doing meditation and I started spending that time alone and I started listening and I started connecting and I started trusting and my intuitive downloads started coming through in a much stronger way. And this is when I still didn't know my dharma. I still didn't know exactly what the next phase was. I knew my my biggest piece for me is I knew that I wanted to help people, but I didn't know how I was going to do that. At one point I thought like, maybe I'll become health coach, you know, or maybe I'll do this. I knew I wanted to have my own business, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And you're not going to know all of those answers. You just have to start listening to what start coming forward for you. So again, I just was listening and listening and listening. And then it was November of 2019, which is when it was 11-11, November 11, 2019, where I got the intuitive downloads at like 2 a.m. saying, you need to start a podcast, Kirby. You're going to help people heal. You're going to be a guide. You're going to have a book deal. You're, you know, all of these things. And I was like, oh my God, okay, like this is really giving me guidance that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It didn't say to me, like, Kirby, you're going to be an Akashic Record reader. You're going to be a Reiki master. You're going to do breath where it is, a membership. Like, it didn't say any of that stuff. It just really was like giving me the general gist. And it was up to me to start really listening and guiding. I had at that moment already for six months been being told I should read the Akashic Records, but I didn't think that that was going to be the basis of my business. I, I just, I was really ignoring that still, but it's like I just allowed myself to spend more time with myself, cut out the crap, stop listening to other people who kept trying to tell me what to do, what I should do, who I should be. I cut out all those people. So then in the combination of all of this alone time, I spent time doing the healing and I simultaneously spent time listening and started trusting and I started taking action and started recognizing like, okay, and I started getting in the flow of this new way of life that was coming forward for me. And it became much easier to not be overtaken by depression when I was in flow of focus of my dharma, but it was a two-piece thing. It was clearing my gut of all the pathogens and things that I had been holding for probably over a decade. And this was honestly through coffee enemas, while also continuing to do the inner work and healing emotionally, and then opening up and starting to have a really strong internal dialogue with my highest self to then start living in my dharma. So this was about two years ago when all of that started. And now where I'm at in my life now, it's so mind-blowing to me. I no longer suffer from anxiety and depression. I have a semicolon tattoo on my left wrist in the midst of when I was struggling so hard with my anxiety and depression. When I would look at this tattoo, it would remind me it is not a bad life. It's just a bad day. Like, I'm not going to deny and say to anybody that anxiety and depression is not real. I have been there. I have been on the floor of my bedroom by myself just with nothing, just a shell of a human with nothing. I, I didn't want to live at many points. I was like, I, I don't want to live like this. I cannot do this. This is awful. I spent days in bed. I lost all motivation for anything to do anything. Like I didn't even care about anything. 
I didn't care if my apartment was clean. I didn't care if I went anywhere. I didn't care about my family, my friends. Like I didn't care about my career. I was just fucking tired. I was exhausted. My body had nothing left. Like my depression consumed me. I know how real it is. I know. But I also know how possible it is to pull yourself out of it. And I don't think that any medication, prescription medication, is truly going to help you overcome it because what that does is it just suppresses the issue. It puts a cover, it puts a blanket on top of the issue. It's not fixing the issue. For me personally, I was fed up. Like I wanted to know the reason why I still felt this way, you know, especially after the years of the eating healthy, the cleaning up my diet, all of that stuff. I was like, there has to be a, a bigger reason of why I'm feeling this way. And I will say that I do believe that the bigger reason, yes, there's the pathogens and the things that you can have in the gut, but I honestly believe that it stems back to emotional neglect or some type of trauma or unprocessed scenarios because when we are really holding those deeply within our bodies, they affect us more than anything else. And for me personally, I was harboring mental, emotional, sexual, physical trauma that I didn't even realize was there until I started really fully diving into my own inner work. Until we face those things, the body's going to continue to react in a certain way because unprocessed trauma is truly the biggest root of all issues that we have. And specifically anxiety and depression, which causes us to either be nervous and scared for the future out of fear that our body is not going to be able to handle it because of some type of fight or flight response or being scaled back within the past and being held in that way. We will continue to be controlled by any scenario if we do not allow our bodies to process it. Uh, I will say though, the combination of when I would do deep emotional healing, the next day I would do a coffee enema, I would release out more toxins, pathogens, parasites, things like that as a result of releasing the emotional trauma. So when I realized that when I would release emotional trauma and I would really allow my body to release it, my physical body would be able to release the toxins because it wouldn't be holding on to those issues anymore that we're still harboring. Parasites and things along those lines have a control over your emotions too. And when you're harboring and vibrating at a specific emotional level, like anger or fear, worry, frustration, sadness, those are attached to these parasites too that are feeding off within you. And once you start healing that emotional aspect, you can release that parasite out. It's like it doesn't it have as much control within the body. I'm not going to get fully into parasite cleansing. I guess I could maybe do a separate episode fully about that, but 95% of people in Western world as well have parasites. You can get them from anything. If you've drinking tap water ever, if you've ever let a dog or a cat lick you, they literally lick their buttholes and parasites come out of their buttholes. So if they lick you, they lick your skin. Your skin, anything that gets put under your skin gets absorbed directly into your bloodstream and then you have parasites. If you ever touched a hand railing, if you've ever eaten sushi, if you've ever eaten pork, all of those things have parasites within them. It is so easy to get parasites. And again, like I said, it's a part of Eastern culture where they actually consume specific herbs and things like that to be killing off parasites consistently. And we don't do that stuff in Western culture. And so many people are just full of parasites that are controlling so many aspects of their body. But that's another conversation for another day. 
I will say that in the process of healing my gut, I released out one foot long, two foot long, three foot long, four foot long parasites from my gut, which blew my mind because I did not even know that it was possible to have a four foot parasite in my body, but it literally was controlling and dictating so much and only through the process of doing so much emotional healing and gut cleansing did this thing release out and it shocked me. I never felt better after I really said I'll never forget this day. It was so mind-blowing when it happened. This is my experience with anxiety and depression. I still to this day do inner work. I do all the stuff that I have in my membership. I do my own subconscious journeys. I do my emotional release techniques. I do all of it. I still do weekly or bi-weekly. I think I probably do them twice a week, coffee enemas. I still believe in them. I will continue to do them. As you are always continuing to shed more layers, you will shed more out. And ultimately, you know, your gut doesn't become fucked up in one day. It's a process of everything that you're consuming over the course of your life. So when you get in there and you start clearing your gut, it's the same thing, you know, with emotions, your emotions and your and your response behaviors and all those things aren't messed up from one day. It's a constant amount of you continuing to suppress emotions and things and shoving them down into your shadow that you then become really affected and you have to peel back each of those layers and each time you do a coffee enema or a colonic same thing like you're just getting layers of things out and it takes time to rebuild your gut to get your gut flora back to no longer be harboring and carrying so many of these emotions so many of the viruses that you store in your liver like any virus that you've ever had you know if you had mono at some point when you were a young kid you store aspects of that virus in your liver which if you still have a compromised immune system and you are not focusing on building up your immune system daily or weekly at least, you are susceptible to having and feeling the effects of that virus at some point moving down because if your immune system becomes compromised, those things will immediately come to the surface, which is also exactly why they say that stress is one of the biggest ways to show what your health is like. If your stress level becomes too heightened, your body becomes sicker. And when you are harboring any of these things within the body, they are able to come forth and show their nasty little heads. So that is why it's so important to not only live a life of managing your stress levels, not living and having toxic relationships and environments, toxic jobs, things along those lines, healing your own emotional wounds and clearing your body of these toxins and viruses and things that you're holding within you and building up your immune system so that when there is something that comes around like COVID or flu or pneumonia, you're not actually going to contract those things because your body is not vibrating at a state of sickness. You have, are building your immune system with healthy things such as vitamin D, getting natural water, grounding, being active, vitamin C, B vitamins, iron, things like that that are really important that most people are not consuming. I personally, one of the best things that you can take to build up and keep your body functioning is black seed oil. I take black seed oil underneath my tongue every single day. It's one of the best things you can do for immune system. I also take turmeric. I... I take iron, I take thyroid stuff. My thyroid is still something that has been building back up based off of all of these health issues that I've had. I take zinc. All of these things are really, really important for keeping your body functioning optimally. Drinking filtered, filtered water. Do not ever drink tap water. 
It's so awful for you. Filtered water, highly important for the body. Getting natural sunlight, getting out and walking, getting away from the TV or from your phone, getting outside. All of those things are necessary for our bodies to be functioning optimally and not allowing you to be in this state of an anxious state, a depressed state. And then simultaneously having an inner work protocol to be healing some of these things that you're holding within yourself. Having a ritual of connecting with your highest self or starting to build your meditative practice or having intuitive conversations, all of those things are going to strip you away from this programming of this life that you have thought that you've had to live to actually live your life in alignment and living your dharma. But it truly is a process of you shedding all of the pieces from before so that you can fully step back into who you are and always have meant to be. But it is a process. It takes time. I'm so happy to say that I no longer suffer from anxiety and depression. It was a process to get me here. If I could go back and if I would have known that there was the Eastern protocols over um, the Western with prescription medication, you know, I didn't know that there was another way, but I would have started the Eastern way initially because I feel like it would have saved me from the effects of the prescription medication. Prescription medication also deteriorates your hormones and causes infertility in women. And I then, after these aspects of all those years of that, I also dealt with bouts of endometriosis and worry of not being able to get pregnant at one point. Simultaneous in this process of being on prescription medication, I had cysts rupture in my ovaries. It's like the body is constantly responding to these things that we're taking and they do have serious effects on the body. So anytime you receive anything, Look at what the side effects of these stuff are because it's not a joke. Those side effects are real and our body shouldn't have to be responding that way. And there is a natural way to heal from everything. It's just up to us to allow our bodies to utilize it. And the biggest piece of that is really stemming from detoxification, providing the body with the most natural nutrients and food that we can be consuming, getting the right type of supplements or herbal remedies that are necessary, our body knows what to do with those things. It doesn't know what to do with prescription medications because they're fake. They're not real. They're man-made. And again, sunlight, nature, all of that stuff, it's really, really important. So I hope that this helped all of you out. I didn't really plan out how I was going to speak on all of this, but this is my story and this is how it worked for me. If you are suffering from anxiety and depression, I see you. I see you. I know how hard it is. I know I was there. One last part I'll tell you. I don't know if I mentioned this in here, but three months before I got my diagnosis, holistic diagnosis of Lyme and mold, I had a two-week depressive bout where a rug got pulled out from underneath me. Again, my immune system was so compromised and this I had kind of been talking to this guy and he just like ghosted me out of nowhere and it just disrupted my homeostasis and it threw me into a depressive state. This is how sensitive you can be if your body's literally in fight or flight. And I went in this depressive state for like two weeks and I stayed at my sister's house and this was when I was 30, right after I had turned 31 years old. So this was only two and a half years ago. During that time, it hit me so hard. I couldn't feed myself. My sister had to like bring me food. I couldn't get off the couch. I just like everything. I, I could not function. The depression was so bad. Crying just nonstop and just so debilitated and no energy and just so overwhelmed with life and just everything. And I, I literally said to God, 
it was nearing the end of it, I said, I don't, I don't want to live here on earth anymore. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like life this way is not worth living. This is the worst thing ever. If I have to continue living with this type of anxiety and depression, like I don't want to live here anymore. This isn't, it's not worth it to me. And like, please, I said, please help me. Like I pleaded, I begged, I begged to God. I said, please, if you help me get out of this, I promise I will do whatever you want me to. I surrender and I will do whatever you want me to in this world because I, otherwise I don't want to be here. This is so awful. Like this is the worst thing ever. Like living this way on earth is not worth living. It probably needed me to get to that breaking point because then the next week I found my holistic doctor online. I was able to get the last appointment available, which was not until the next February. Like it was like February 7th or something, 2019 or something. It's like immediately I got put in the place, the synchronicity of finding this doctor, getting this appointment. I got my diagnosis I started going through this healing protocol, like, and then every single thing started opening up. And still to this day, I know every time when I'm being guided to do something, like I'm doing it because I'm supposed to be serving the world in this way and helping them because source helped pull me out of this and allowed me to overcome it. And my duty is to assist others in their healing. I am a healer. I my duty is to assist others in their healing so that they themselves can no longer be controlled and manipulated by their past and their experiences and the things that they're going through and know that they can come out of it. If I could come out of it, they can come out of it. And I know that I am serving my highest self in that way and that is what I'm supposed to be doing here. But I hit a breaking point where it was do or die for me. I didn't want to be here. That was only two and a half years ago. Okay, so if you are struggling so hard, just let me remind you that think about where you could be in a year. Think about where you could be in two years. Like you could be living your fucking dream. Like I'm living my dream now. Like everything that I have now is my dream. I have always wanted to own my own business and to be able to travel all over and to be able to help people and guide people and serve people. And I'm doing that now. And whatever your dream is, you could be living that too. And this didn't happen to me by chance. We are all meant, we are all able to given the choice to overcome anything that we've experienced. And you can do it too. And your anxiety and depression does not define you. It does not define you. It is something that you have experienced that you can overcome so that you can also live your dharma. I promise you, you can. It's possible. It's 100% possible. I hope that this has helped anyone out there if you're struggling with anxiety and depression. I I know how it feels. I want to just inspire you and empower you to take your healing into your own hands and know that no doctor is going to see you and feel you the way that you do. And that's just up to you to allow yourself to stand on your own two feet and move through whatever you're dealing with and start allowing yourself to fully, fully heal at the root level from these types of things. Because it's only from coming from the root level that you are really going to be able to heal and overcome what you've been through. And I know this just from personal experience. I, I've done it all. I did the protocol. So 
I appreciate all of you. I'm going to let you all go. This is quite a, quite a long podcast episode. Thank you all for showing up here. Thank you all for listening to my story. I hope that it helped you in any way, shape, or form. No judgment. If you want to continue taking your prescription medications, I get it. I understand it. Everybody is on their own journey. You know what is best for you. Don't let anyone make you feel bad about that. If that's what's best for you right now, when I took those medications, at that time, that was what was best for me. And I don't feel bad about that at all either. And if I have to in the future, I'll take them again in the future if I have to. But there is no judgment here. Do what is best for you. Trust yourself. Listen to yourself. Start doing your own emotional and inner work healing. It's necessary. I'm grateful for all of you. I love all of you. Thank you all so much for the continuous support. If you can rate and review the show five stars, I would be so grateful. It just helps get the podcast out to more people. It's something that you can do for free. You can rate it on any of the platforms that you're on. Thank you all so much. Do random acts of kindness. I appreciate all of you. I love all of you. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.